cliffcentral.com Yeah, taking you all the way back to the 1990-something. That is Missy Elliott. Get your freak on. Welcome to the show. It is Thursday morning, 11 o'clock, and it's the weekly mashup with me, Jimmy Shamasha, and the other lady with the... I don't know what, how, how do I describe your voice? I was almost about to say sensual, and then you went <laughs> with that with that laugh. That's oh, that's candy. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's her. Whatever. So I had like two weeks of good introductions. You were so good. I know. Every, everyone was like tweeting me and stuff. Is it? And and now here I decided you go. to keep it real this week because oh. we're back. We're back in the new in the new old studio, the first oh one, gosh. the original studio. How I miss so the good studio. to be back. Being it's, able to see everyone. I know. And so much space. Hey, don't yeah, you miss hey, the guys, space? See the glass oh. door. Waving and there's, there's everything. space in the studio it's, it's wonderful And Aircon is working Oh, I love this Yeah, anyway I wanted to play that song Because I, I wanted to remind ourselves Of how far we've come I mean, do you remember Where you were when the song came out? Um, I, I don't I think I was in primary school were you in primary school? I think so Where were you two? What were you doing? I was, I was probably out of varsity By then working You know, you making money doing the most <laughs> That was when you were fishing And catching big fish Yeah, I was For top I was, billing I was a grown up Yeah <laughs> Fully and, and you were like Sexiest man and stuff All that stuff Oh dude. wow I was getting my freedom That's yeah. what I was doing <laughs> <laughs> Okay, look, we could yes. we could really go on and and and, and impress ourselves. Well, um, you impress yourself. I I do all the time. <laughs> you know that old saying, "Nyas phonela." Sometimes I just phone myself on my other just phone. to make yourself hello? happy. Hello, <laughs> is this Yes, I've, it is. I've, How I've are you? I've never heard that. Is it? You know what? I'll be impressed with you the day you can buy bread with just your name. Like if you can be like I'm Tamisha Masha and I just like a loaf of bread and Listen, they're like you know I take it. Take I, it. I haven't like checkers doesn't do that sort of deal, you know, because they don't see the point. Neither does pick and pay or woolies, I must or say. Or any other But retailer. they could I mean I'm open for that. But I have had many free meals, I'll have you know, at many top restaurants. Okay, give me a couple. Give me a eh? couple. I don't want to give Since it away. You're dropping names. Then everyone else will go there and expect the same thing. No, but not everyone's Tamisha Masha. So I want to know where this That's card what works. I think, but uh <laughs> you know I think that other people think that they're, they're also entitled. You know, we have an entitlement society. I, I get free meals all the time. I don't and understand then, what's so special yeah, about that. I don't go around saying. are hoping that <laughs> <laughs> you're going to pay them in other ways. Okay, so what happened this week? Uh, what did happen this week? It felt it's like it's been a very, very quiet, quiet week. But Gareth had the three ladies in studio. Did you see that? No. He had the three ladies who sang Zuma Must Go in studio. And oh, then they even wow. taught him. They okay. taught him how to do the dance. So it's like. Up, first up, so Zuma mm-hmm. must go. So you okay. punch the air first time. Then Zuma must go. Then you punch again. And then Zuma must go. Then you go down. Okay. You know, it's like all, all rhythmic. But how's that an achievement? Aren't those actually like his relatives or something? <laughs> Doesn't he know them? <laughs> um, he's next door. You can ask him. I, okay. I don't think I'll ask he him does. Later. All right. <laughs> but what was exciting in your life? Because I can't think of anything this week. The country's you know, been so quiet. All I can say, guys, is I'm just I'm just like so excited about life at the moment because mm-hmm. I'm actually I'm understanding your 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 natural high situation right now. I you know? told you. Um, I, I just have a tip for everybody who is is starting to run and they just they just want to really get their runs going. Yeah. Um, wear a plastic bag <laughs> underneath, <laughs> like inside. I don't think that's what I said to you. So what does no, that I'm do? giving that tip. Okay, so I'm the, giving that the tip. black garbage bag a, inside you can your a black garbage bag. What I decided to do was I decided to go and buy some okay. some really nice ones, the ones that are like deodorized and everything. You get those? Yeah. And then what you do is, you know, the ones that they, they actually have a handle at the top, so you put them in. So yes, what you yes, do is yes, you yes. just cut the bottom, and then it's like a vest. 
You okay. wear it like a vest. Like a bed. And what Why? it does is it detoxes you. It's like being in a sauna while you're running. Mm. So all the sweat comes out. So I, as you can notice, my skin is looking amazing. <laughs> Uh, if you must say so yourself And you lose some water so Which means okay. you know A lot of weight that you're carrying Which it's might just water be water weight. Is gone So afterwards Remember to hydrate again Okay But then That's no. my tip for this week No I just don't think That's going to work for me No not, not for you Because obviously If you no, use I'm any more water No I'm not saying that No No <laughs> I'm not saying Oh my gosh I'm so fat That it's not yeah. going to work I just think it's uncomfortable Like now I'm running And then I'm feeling that Against it. my skin And it gets warm eh Especially if you buy the, 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 the nicer ones The higher quality the nice ones, ones The slightly more expensive ones They're not so irritating They're not so irritating on your on your skin Oh, okay Yeah, okay. yeah. that's the trick Okay, so who told you this? I want to know It was actually a model He, he models Taz I Taz and Gida Taz. He's okay. an actor now as well Okay And um, he's been running But okay. we're about the same age You know, okay. guys in their 40s running mm-hmm. And, you know, we just give each other tips On how to stay fit and stay in shape, you know And the black plastic bag was the best you could do No, it's not a black plastic bag oh. I keep saying that Sorry I keep saying No, 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 so because I'm just thinking Like a pick a and pay bag, bag Wouldn't go over my shoulders No it's not a pick and pay bag Like okay. it's a special bag You buy it Like a No but if you have to cut bag. Your own head out Then it is not designed For humans No it's not But it's designed for trash But if you like You know <laughs> so you like You like your trash bag. To be comfortable And in a real dry space <laughs> That sounds awful So, so anyway Hang on yeah, hang on. Okay, What okay, I want yes. to talk about Was today Today's theme Is mm-hmm. all about survival Yes Okay mm-hmm. And as someone Who has survived The 80s and the 90s <laughs> I just thought that it's no, it's it's like yeah. surviving the eighties is, is is a special place, and it was a special time because there's a lot of things that we didn't have that you guys have now. Okay, tell me. You know, um, like for example, I had to survive the war between VHS and Betacam. You don't even know what that feels like. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. A lot of people made the big mistake of buying a Betacam machine. What is a Betacam machine? It's a video player. Oh, like right? we? Oh no, but I, I know I grew up. I, I had like the so no, but here check it out, right? Thingy, this was like this was like you know when 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 Blu-ray and HD started, yes, and you like couldn't decide do I buy a Blu-ray oh, player? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people bought Betacam because Betacam was like was 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 they were advertising. Okay. But then halfway through the eighties, they just left. They, they like it didn't exist anymore. So you have all these Betacam tapes. What you gonna do with them? Oh damn! So that was your hardest struggle. That was that was something to survive. Wow. In the 80s. Okay. Yeah. And oh. I also survived Toyota Cressidas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know. Um, okay. I mean, I'm not trying to to be funny or anything, but it's 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 a lot to survive because that was the luxury car of back then, and a lot okay. of people don't realize that back in the 80s, having leather seats was basically you had vinyl in the back. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay, I hear you. <clears throat> and and they had absolutely no handling. But they could go really fast You could mm. go 200 k's an hour In a Toyota Cressida When you were like 16 years old wow. Which you shouldn't be doing mm. Like both those things Going 200 yeah. k's in and a Cressida 16. And driving at 16 okay, okay But I survived that I, I feel like all your survival stories Are self-inflicted I really yeah? when, when I got the heading of the show Yeah I That was <laughs> Oh you mean you like know. You had to survive something That someone else did to you you know what? I just feel like with our guest in studio, yeah. um, that was the kind of story I had in mind. Okay. Like, and I don't think I've even had to survive to that magnitude. Well, You're I talking thought, about like. I thought I'd build it up. Surviving I, I guess is I guess is like really <laughs> special, you know. And we're gonna have a great story talking to our guest, but I, I don't yeah. want to say who our guest is just yet. But I thought I'd build it up because a yeah. lot of people have had to survive a lot of things. Yeah. I'm one of those people. Like I a survived. Toyota yeah, I survived okay. Toyota Cressida's. Okay. And I had to survive a time without actually when there was no hip hop, you know. 
There was a time when there was no hip hop, guys. When was that? I lived through that time. Okay, okay, so what were you listening to? <laughs> but like you were listening to like struggle songs, no? Like wasn't that the hip hop of the time? <laughs> no? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Right? You know, like anything that was banned, you know, like <laughs> back in the day they banned music, so I was like, <laughs> Got this new album It was banned And then you play it Right Like yeah. you play this tape Yeah You had to play it on tape yes. And you rewind it And you play it And it wasn't always Like really great music But the fact that it was banned And you have okay, it Made you really cool Just because it wasn't hip hop Doesn't mean there wasn't Great music There was like Marvin Gaye No it was great No Marvin Gaye was, was like, like Listen Marvin Gaye died in 1984 Okay So he stopped yeah. producing From then on So uh, so, so don't think like From 84 to like I'm 94 sure There were other people Barry years. White Barry, Barry didn't Temptation, really produce in the 80s The Spinners yeah, Bobby I mean, Brown B- like, Bobby I mean, came a lot later if you, if you know You saw you saw that show Bobby came a lot later But he was in the 80s Wasn't it? He was mid 80s He yeah, was so? mid 80s There was a lot of so good music But just think about it There say? was no hip hop There's still a lot of good music now But imagine we took hip hop away I, I'd be okay I'd be pretty I don't okay know if I'd there. be able to survive that again. That's that's Can't you see that your survival. Yet. I'm so worried about your survival. Is I it? feel like a lot of shit can kill you. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I didn't say that I was immortal. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> and you, what did you have to survive? Well, now then, I have to go deep. Yeah, you have to go deep. <laughs> Take us there. You talked about. <laughs> the most shallow nonsense And now I'm like I should have to survive real stuff Why did you survive? I'm not going to say <laughs> No Because I'm not going to share my story You going to crash okay. in the suburbs? You know what? I survived that was cafe. I survived going to crash in a colored community Oh which wow is even, yeah, That's, that's those, survival Those, those three year olds can be and tough I, <laughs> And I could only speak Afrikaans For a certain t- a period of time in my life That's, that's so your that, survival story? That, that is survival Okay You know when people judge you and point Because you know You don't know how to speak English you can only speak Afrikaans And okay. then you could only speak Tswana before Afrikaans So it's mm. like Yeah that was know. kind of the transition back then You like spoke Tswana And then you went to Afrikaans Then you went to something Okay I went straight to English I'm sorry I just I didn't oh. have those problems uh. But you know Spoiled Thank, Spoiled. thank God You've got I really I couldn't have survived You've got that. good life problems <laughs> That's that's the thing here I'm starting to All realize right. So anyway Um <laughs> Today we're talking about survival And I'd really Proper like to survival. hear your survival stories Proper survival Because I think that we all go through a lot of stuff Last year I actually had to survive something yeah. Which I've, I've spoken about over and over again mm-hmm. I don't think I, I feel like I want to speak about it again Yeah. Um, but what what I've learned about surviving something Because mm-hmm. you know last year I, was, I, went, I survived the hijacking Yay! Another South African was hijacked It's, it's not a big deal yeah. in terms of how many people get hijacked And I, And I think Mine wasn't as bad as a lot of people experience Okay But what I learned from that is You cannot go through a survival moment And stay the same Oh no 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 You have to you It changes change. you I think it changes you either for the better Or for the worse I don't you see know, how it very can even change really. you for the worse even No I yeah, No I've seen people who've overcome certain things But they're still mm-hmm. trapped by that moment Or okay. they're still trapped by that pain You know So this is why certain stories help us get out of our own pain Okay You know Well today in studio with us We've got a very special guest His name is Rusty Russell Labuskakni did I pronounce that right, uh, Russell? Let me let me let me get you. You didn't on even the put mic. him on. <laughs> there he is. You did. Okay. Um, and you know, you survived sure. being in prison in a Zimbabwean prison for a decade. Sure. Tell us your story. Let's start at the beginning before beginning, we get beginning. to that. You are a former rugby player. Yes. Back in the eighties, do you yeah, play with with Nas Boerta and the guys? No, I first made the national squad in '82. Okay. And then my last game was in '85. All right. Yeah. How, how, how has the game changed since then and now? I mean, it's faster. The guys are bigger. Anything it's, else? That it's I'm professional. That, yeah. That's the big thing is that we never got paid to play. Mm. You guys would go so, from the office and go practice if you have yeah. time. 
Exactly. And then suddenly you're like in the national team. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, we never went to gym and we never ate properly. Yeah. Uh, mm. I mean, you we didn't have medical hard, aid unless you had your own medical aid. So if you got broken, yeah. it's like, oops, sorry. Yeah. Guess exactly. that's it. Yeah. All right, but you're still in great shape. Are you still working out? I do. Okay. Yeah, every day. Perfect. And from there, how did how did this happen? Where did what what happened in your life? I want to lead up to how you got to be in prison. Okay. You were a rugby player. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. you were quite young. Your life was just beginning. Um, and then from there, you went and worked. What what, what kind of work did you I do? I got into the safari industry. Okay. And then in '87, I started my own company. Mm-hmm. And became very successful in uh, 89. Uh, I really accelerated. I bought all on credit. I started with nothing from a humble background. Mm. Sure. This is all in Zimbabwe, right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I bought a 40,000 acre ranch with 820 head of cattle, all mm. on credit. And then a, a 12 ton drilling rig. I started a drilling company for drilling water wells. But my safari industry was the main business. Those, those were, were not core businesses. And then I bought a fishing resort on Lake Kariba. I started flying my own aircraft. So things were going really well. Yeah. And then. People were giving credit away back in the 80s, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Try that now with us being in junk status, right? Okay. And then I had an incident on Lake Kariba at my fishing resort where uh, there was a lot of tension between the Fish, the local fish, uh, fish netters and the commercial guys who we brought clients in mm. that paid to catch and release fish. Okay. And there was a non-breeding, a no-breeding, uh, a no-netting zone. It's a breeding area for the fish. Okay. okay. So those guys weren't allowed in there. Okay. And they were forever going in there because obviously the fishing is a whole lot better mm. in the breeding area. And the conflict was high. And I was on a fishing trip. With a bunch of mates of mine, nine guys, and I left uh, some of the guys in the river. It was Sinamwenda River, and a mate of mine went out into the lake to catch tigerfish. The others were bream fishing, so it's a different different fishing. And on our way back, we spotted two fish poachers in a steel boat. We immediately, upon seeing us, started paddling uh, hastily for the shore. And knowing they were known poachers, I drove my boat towards them to scare them off. It was four hours to take them to the police station, so I wasn't going to ruin my day. Mm-hmm. And it was five in the evening. And uh, my, the wake of my boat tilted their boat because I wanted to give them a fright with the mm. spray of my boat. And they jumped out into the water, which is about three meters from the shore, and it was about one and a half meters deep. And they scrambled to dry land. And then my mate and I watched as they ran away into the bush, thinking nothing more of it. And thinking, well, maybe they, would, you know, they won't come back again. Mm-hmm. And the following day, the police arrived and accused us of drowning one of the poachers. It was did that any, simple. Sure. Did, did, did one of them actually drown? No one drowned. Okay. No one drowned. So it was an attempt oh. to drown him. As, as far no, as the police no. were concerned. No, the cops arrived and, and mm. uh, accused of, dr- of drowning someone. Yeah. Yes. And uh, we told them what happened exactly and they explained everything. All they said was that I crashed into their boat and they fell out and his friend couldn't swim. And he never made it. There were two guys in the boat. The one guy was oh. telling the story. Oh, oh so okay. then the other, so the guy lied, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so was the other guy never found? The police never investigated? No, nothing. Okay. Oh. They just took his word that he had yeah. found. Okay. And then the police said, I said, well, where do we go from here? They said, well, when are you leaving? So we said, in three days' time. So they said, when you leave, just call about the police station and, and uh, we'll let you know what happens. And when I got there, they said they're going to report to their superiors. When they got there, uh, when we got to the police station, we were immediately arrested and accused of murder. 
two of us. And uh, to cut a long story short, we spent eight days uh, in uh, remand, remand there until we got bail pending trial. Trial was two and a half years later. Uh, my lawyers and, and attorneys never said they'd never get to trial. Um, it got a little bit uh, politically messed up mm-hmm. uh, in that time with the AG's office, okay. where I had guys trying to help speed up the, the docket, and mm-hmm. that upset them a lot. So I think that's why they pushed it to court. Okay. And it was when we were in Remond, right after the incident, it was, it was during that volatile time in December 2000 when they were taking over farms and mm-hmm. it was a big racist thing going on. Okay. And when it happened, there was, there was a, there was a parade past the prison, about 200 guys demonstrating with the big banner, blacks kill white, they must hang. Mm-hmm. It was in all the newspapers on the front page. So it became quite a big thing then. And then it died out, obviously. Now, yeah. I just uh, want to ask a question. Yeah. Up to this point, nobody had actually investigated whether this guy was alive or no, not. No, no one had. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Sabaqua unit went there. They mm. never found anything. Okay. Okay. And then it got to court. Uh, when in the court, they con- there were there were several witnesses who contradicted each other the whole time. Mm. The only and our point was no one drowned. Yeah. yeah. So you need to prove that first. Yeah, yeah. And, and you have to have a body, surely. Yeah. To yeah. There's no body ever produced. Okay. So they said no. The crocs ate him. Oh. One of the state witnesses, their state witnesses, who had been on the lake for 18 years, stated that in all the time he's been there, and he's seen heaps of croc incidents. Yes. You'll you'll always find something, some part of the human body when someone's taken yeah. by a croc. Yeah. First of all, a croc can't swallow a human's head. Oh. So there's always clothing something, or, or anything. Some, yeah. There's yeah. always some something left over. Yeah. So that was another contradiction. So the only evidence they showed uh pertaining to that the guy was missing was his mom. And his mom said that he hasn't seen his her son since the incident and now she's looking after his child because his wife died. Uh, so he's uh, uh she's labeled, you know lumped with all of that. So uh, then the brother-in-law and, and she said He was my only son okay. My only child Yeah Then the brother-in-law came on So The judge then said So I thought that he was the only child so, Yeah And she said No, no He also had a A sister And, and uh, I'm the sister's Husband Okay Okay So He said to To the guy The judge said to the guy How long before the incident Did the assumed deceased's Wife die yeah. And he said, no, no, she's living in Karyanga village. So mm. the mother didn't even know that the, that her son's wife, wife yeah. was alive or, you know, dead or alive. Mm. And that was the only credible witness that they put on stage to yeah. say that the guy died. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Can I ask a question right yeah. there? Did they ever find this guy? No. He's still missing. He's still, he's still out there. Well, if you go to the area, it's a well-known fact. He's living in Zambia. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So he remarried two children there. So that's. So he just saw this as an opportunity for a clean break. Well, I don't much. know about that. You know, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll tell you what happened after I was incarcerated. Yes. I got involved with a very political lawyer in Arari, very influential black guy. Hmm. And the first thing, obviously not me, my hmm. office did. And the first thing he said was. You need to find the assumed deceased immediately, because if they do, they'll ship him out of uh, they'll ship him out of the country and never never see him again. Hmm. 
So then sure. we spent $42,000 trying to find him with private investigators. We got affidavits from people that had been with him since the incident. They said they want him. They're not interested in papers. So, you know, I was just, they were just taking more and more. Yeah. So I just yeah. said, leave it. Wow. And uh, I was convinced I was going to get bail pending appeal. It went to high court to the same judge. He, he denied it. Mm-hmm. Went to Supreme Court. And it was, it was, I was granted bail pending appeal. Okay. And it was overturned. And I oh. only found that out after I left prison by the senior public prosecutor who I did a, a small talk with. Oh. In front of some. What? Hang on. So, so the, the, the conviction was overturned. No, the no, bail the pending bail. appeal. Oh, okay. So I would have gone free. Yeah. And then try to make more plans to find this guy yeah, and, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. clear myself. Yeah. And then three days before judgment, I was phoned again by another influential black mate of mine. And he said, Russ, you're going to prison, chum. Get out of here. And I said, I'm not going anywhere. And you know, Jamisha, if I look back on it, um, would I have run? Now, after all I went through. Yeah. And, and you will hear what I went through. Mm. And I wouldn't. I mean, it was hell. I watched over 2,200 guys die in prison. Hmm. There was no food during the Zim Dollar crash. Yeah. It was horrific, you know, with the, with the starvation in yeah. there. And you're, you learn in there that your reputation is, is more important than anything in your life. And wow. I still have that. Mm. Okay. I haven't lost my credibility at all with mm. anyone. I want to get back to that. So yeah. we must, we must actually just put a side note there okay. because like the story is just escalating. I know. There's yeah. so much to the story. <laughs> it's like, okay. How much worse can a it's bad like, day go? That's like yeah. watching one of those movies. Yeah. Where everything you're like, ah, it's ah, like he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the, the car hits and then the train <gasps> comes in and then the airplane <sighs> falls out of the sky. And Rusty's and still alive. On top of that. <laughs> And then, right there and then, there's an explosion. Oh you know, and then North Korea launches a missile. <laughs> and it just happens to land on you. But <laughs> so, so now, yeah. they're like, get out of here, dude. And yeah. you're like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Right, what happens right. next? I, I didn't believe that they could, com- that they would convict me. I still thought maybe they want me to run away mm. and they'll grab all my property. You also, uh, I mean, like, let's be honest. Uh, yeah. Up, up until, like, when this whole story started, it yeah. was just, I, I, I suppose a misunderstanding that went really horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, but at some point there must have been political will to make sure that you went to jail. Yeah. 100%. And, and, and it just went, it's basically, it, it just went from bad to really, really the worst it could possibly got be. Got to the worst it could ever get. So now, the state knows that for them to get the judge, they have to convict you. Yeah. Which means they probably just go, okay, let's then just go with the story that this guy is actually deceased. Why should we produce his body? Let's give him some money, tell him to start his life again in Zimbabwe. Yeah. If you go through the transcript, mm. you'll see that there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever in mm. the whole thing. Mm. And in the judgment, the judge's final words were, um, uh, he said, it's clear that the, that the accused intention wasn't to drown the, the deceased. Yeah. But I find him guilty with constructive intent. Mm. Wow. So in that statement, it's a contradiction. Mm. Mm. And that's, mm. that's the judge in the judgment. Mm. Mm. Anyway, getting back to where I was on that day after I got the phone call three yes. days earlier, 
I, if I said to you, Tamisha, that you need to get out of here, but you leave behind everything, so that your all your mates, your family, everything you know, everything you've built up over all those years, mm. you can never come back here. Mm. Mm. Think mm. about that. That's a tough decision. Yeah, sure. I, I, I really think. Uh, I, yeah, like the family part is like the toughest part, probably. Yeah. Not only that, Jamisha and and Candice, it's yeah. your friends. Uh. This is your whole network, mm. your whole livelihood. Yeah. All of that, all my businesses. I had fifty-four employees. I had mm. a lot of things going on. Mm. I must now leave all of that because of something that I didn't do. Mm. Then I'm immediately guilty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I never stopped running. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and I put that all in, you know, in perspective. And I thought, I need to stand my ground. I, mm. And and in in the at the end of the day, now I can still walk tall. Yeah, mm. yeah and yeah. I will. The difference I'm making right now, and we'll get there. Yeah, is worth all of that. Okay, because I'm changing lives unbelievably, Jeez. and it's such a good feeling. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. something that happened to you. Your life changed. Tell us about that day when you mm. knew. That's your okay. life change. Yes. When the when the when judge the prison. said yeah. you are guilty Ooh. and you're going to jail. And the bailiff, I don't know if they call him the bailiff in South Africa, but you know, watching a lot of shows in America. Yeah. That yeah. guy, the policeman comes and takes you and he takes you downstairs. It's over. And you know it's yeah. How did you feel? Not tell you, but the sound of that gavel striking hmm. and the wailing from my fiance and, and just the crowd. I mean the the whole place was full. Mm. Mm. Oh. You'll never forget that mm. And the feeling of just like Darkness like, yeah, now thing, it's just right? like Unbelievable And then they take you down Into this Cold Hole On your yeah. own yeah. In shackles mm. In your suit When you've been such a successful yeah. Guy I started mm. with nothing yeah. And And I was someone in the mm. city I, I donated yeah. to charities Old age homes yeah. Orphanages all the time mm. I was a substantial person Yeah And now I'm being treated Like an animal Yeah Down there uh. And that's just a droplet of what came. Uh. So my first day in prison, first you arrive there mm -hmm. in shackles and handcuffs. You try and to try and get on the back of the truck in shackles and handcuffs. There's high steel steps, and you can't step, and you can't hold the the, the rails on either side of the door. Yeah, because the when you hold one side. And you jump, you're off balance Because you can't step up, you've got to jump mm. up Because mm. you've got leg irons on yeah. mm. And I fell about three or four times oh. And no one offered to help me They were just laughing, all the gods yeah. In my suit on Main Street during rush hour mm. It was unbelievably humiliating mm. 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 Eventually I made it on there And I arrived in the prison I was the only white guy There were a thousand black guys in mm. there Sure. Yeah. They make you strip naked mm. So you walk into prison stark naked yeah, you must know what that feels like. Wow, it is terrifying. Yeah, and everyone is watching. Yeah, it's just white guys, yeah. in, all in the papers, everything yeah. that this guy. Because I was convicted, and then the sentence was the next day. So my conviction yeah. was all over the papers. Yeah, yeah, headlines everywhere, and then the conviction, the, the sentence the next yeah. day. And here's the thing, right? It's, I want to, I, I want to carry on with that. But yeah. it's, it's it's the matter of the feeling of. The, he had opposition You must have had Huge opposition There must have been A lot of people Who believed The story mm. That you had actually yeah. Done this thing yeah. And I mean I think Sometimes that is Far worse In terms of how That feels The humiliation Because now All these people Believe you've done Something you know You haven't done uh, sure There was A huge uh, Majority 
mm. knew I, didn't, I hadn't that I was okay. innocent. Okay. A huge majority. So okay. when I was convicted, it was a huge shock to everyone. Mm. Mm. And then because of all the political turmoil going on, so no one, and, and there were political figures too yeah. that also didn't believe that that happened. That, mm. and, and guys are trying to help me get out. Mm. And uh, uh, that, but that's, that's not where it ended when I got in there. You know, uh, like the, my first day in prison, they, they, they give you one, one shirt and one pair of shorts. No underwear was allowed. Yeah. And they escorted me up to my cell. Any shoes? Sorry? Shoes? No shoes to go with that. Uh, no, no, they don't give you any shoes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Barefoot, we're allowed uh, flip flops and tackies with short white socks brought by visitors. Okay. okay. So, but that was only allowed every two weeks. All right. And then they took me up to my cell. The cell was 13 meters long by three meters wide. There were 78 guys in there. Wow. So everyone got 33 centimeters of space marked out on the walls in chalk. But wait, 33 centimeters. That's a yeah. ruler. So that's a ruler and just and a, a little bit. bit. Yeah. So you were packed like sardines mm. with legs all mm. crossing over in the middle. Yeah. And when you turned over at night, you all turned over together. Oh. Wow. So you had to collectively yeah. decide that we turned. You, you couldn't fit. Mm. Uh, you, mm. you weren't. Not only could, were you not allowed to lie on your back, you couldn't because there's no room. Mm-mm. You wow. only had that much room. Wow. So we're just packed in there. Yeah. And what someone else exhales, you inhale the whole time. Yeah. It's just, it just the furthest thing from freedom you can ever believe. Yeah. And the toilet was a stainless steel bowl sunk into an open one meter square cement block in one corner. Yeah. And guys who had to use the toilet at night would stamp on you. Oh. All the way to the toilet every night. Wow. And you weren't allowed to do a number two. Okay. And that was for hygiene purposes. Yes. What do you mean? So like when, like never ever? No. Or just that during, night? During, at during night. night. In the cells, in the, oh, okay. In, in the, the cell toilets. Yeah. 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 At night. You could only use those. Yeah. Uh, to to urinate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you only allowed one set of clothing. Sure. For the, for about six months. Yeah. And then you get a change of clothing. Oh. So for six months. So you, you don't wash them. The same clothes. No. A lot to wash, no? You clo- you wash your clothes in the toilets at night, wearing a blanket. Because there are no basins or taps in the cell. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So what you do, three or four of you would, would, uh, you make, uh, you know, get together and, cause yeah. one garment had to be used to block the toilet. Wow. To allow the toilet bowl to fill up when attempting to flush, because yes. it just dribbled in. The water only ever dribbled in. And then you'd wash the clothes on the cement block surrounding the toilet bowl, dipping the clothes in and out as you washed. Then you hang them on the walls with smuggled book staples to dry by the next morning. Mm. Then at five in the morning, you take the slightly damp clothes, put them on the cleanly swept concrete floor, and rub the creases out with a prison-made sponge. Wow. Now then fold them neatly. This is amazing. Place them in a pile, put a hand towel over the pile, and stamp on it hard with bare feet, leaving them perfectly ironed. What? Yeah, another hour hanging on the walls, and they'd be ready to wear. Wow. Jeez. But sometimes we, we'd only get a change of clothes every six or every nine months. Jeez. And yeah, you'd be walking around in tatters. Yeah. And it was hectic. Yeah. Uh-uh. Like that's, 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 that's wow. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine yourself no. in a cell? I don't think and, I could survive. In, that. So, right. I'm just going to be honest right now. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking it through now and I'm like, yeah. I, I don't see it. And it's cushioning against the concrete floor. You'd fold two of your paper-thin, worn-out, last-ridden blankets several times to fit your 33 centimeters of space. 
then covered yourself with a third one. Huh. Mm. And your clothes were wrapped around your toothbrush and toothpaste, or they'd get stolen, and that was your pillow. Wow. From sleeping on those freezing hot floors, my hips had bruised black rings for years, and shoulders still give trouble today. Sure. Mm. That was hectic, eh? I don't even know uh, what, what question to uh, ask but, uh, from there so, on. <laughs> so how long were you in this situation for? For eight years. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Like, can yeah. you picture that? See, eight years. But it gets worse, Candice. Oh, okay. It cannot yeah. get worse, Rusty. In 2005. <laughs> yes. Okay, after one year, they transferred me to Chikaribi Maximum Security Prison. I was in Kami Maximum Security. Which okay. is in? Which, which in, town? Uh, Kami Maximum Security is in Bulawayo. I was just okay. outside on a farm. All right. Um, that was probably the worst prison. Okay. As conditions go, because the prison mm. was old, mm. Uh, mm. leaking sewage pipes, so there was just feces yeah. everywhere. It was just disgusting, the whole mm. place. And uh, only the big cells upstairs had toilets that yeah. n- that just dribbled. They never flushed properly. Now, all the other cells, a thousand guys in one building, in one block. It's like, yeah. a, like a little bit bigger than a tennis court, solid mm. block, with a thousand guys in it. Wow. So every cell was just packed. But all the other cells, the smaller ones that are normally made for five guys, uh. they had 13 guys. The single cells, which were three meters by one meter, had three guys. And wow. all those cells don't have toilets. They have five-liter containers cut off, and that's the toilet. What? The bigger cells, the, 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 five, uh, the, the, the five-man cells who yeah. had 13 guys, would have a 20-liter bucket. Wow. And cut off at the top, and that was your toilet. So every morning after unlock, yeah. everyone would rush to the toilets with all their, all their full containers yeah. mm. and spill everywhere because you all rush there. Now, yeah. you weren't allowed to use the toilet at night yeah. where we were. Mm. Okay. And obviously in the cells, they didn't either because mm. of, I mean, the smell. Yeah. So everyone would rush to the toilets. Now you've been locked up for 17 hours every night because yeah. you're locked up for 20 hours a day. It's 17 yeah. hours at night and three hours during the daytime. <laughs> And all this urine would splash all over the floor, yeah. rushing to empty it into the into yeah. the toilets. Yeah. The smell was unbelievable. The, the unhygienic conditions yeah. were mind blowing, and the the disgusting stench that permeated throughout the entire prison complex all never left. Yeah, it was always there. Uh. Mm. Then we got to Chikarubi. Well, me, you know, yes. transferred yeah. there after a year to be a. a a state witness to the Justice Parazza trial. Okay. Oh, okay. So the judge, you know, he yeah. went through a tribunal and everything. Yeah. And I got there. It was a much newer prison, and we got a little bit more space. Mm. We could now mm. lie on your back, but there's still mm. guys touching your shoulders. Mm. Um, and it was cleaner. Mm. So for me, it was a lot nicer. It was, a, it, but still, it was just like, like a like a fort, like a cave. Mm. And you couldn't see daylight. It was just horrible. Eh? Yeah. And locked up for 20 hours a day, you know. Just yeah. like, and then in 2005, Harare City ran out of water. That was during the Zimbabwe crash. Yes. That every person got one cup of water a day. Oh. That was dirty orange city runoff water from a nearby dam, carried by the farm prisoners in 20-liter containers. That was for three years. Three years. One, one cup, cup of water, of water a day. That was to wow. drink. Clean your teeth, what? wash your face, bath, everything. One cup for three years. Now, most guys only bathed when it rained within our four hours out of cells. Yeah. And that was after nine months once. That was hectic. And then all 400 of us in our hall, because there were halls of 400, uh. would rush into the exercise yard mm. and excitedly have a thorough scrub. And it was yeah. like Christmas. Yeah. And that was unbelievable. 
But yeah. having survived something like that, Rusty, yeah. oh in terms of like your 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 lifestyle, I mean, you can go without water. Yeah. You know what it's like to not have food. Food. Yeah. To not sleep comfortably. Are you more grateful than the rest of us for just the little Most things? Basic. I'll get to that. <laughs> Because okay. that's that's jumping a little bit okay. to to where I really want to get to mm. for the life lessons I learned. Yeah, because mm. I just want to tell you first of all what I went through. Yes, okay. yes. and then I'll get to the life lessons all I right. learned. I don't want us to run out of time. We've got okay. we don't have much more have, time, but we've got some time. Yeah, okay. So time. the life lessons I learned in there first mm. of all was forgiveness. Yeah. Okay. So the humiliation of being labelled a murderer. And yes. terrible conditions were really hard Everything to deal with. taken away from me. Yeah. Wrongful conviction. And, Every, oh. and yeah, I, it was eating away at me. Mm. And uh, I hated them bitterly. And I'd lie there at night wishing every terrible thing on each of them in turn. The, mm. the poacher, the police, the judge, the ministry, or everyone who was involved mm. in my conviction. Mm. Mm. And then one day I realized that I was just carrying all that in my head. Yeah. I was beating myself up for nothing. Mm. The single biggest lesson I learned in prison was true forgiveness. Mm. Mm. And I now know what Nelson Mandela meant okay. forgiveness. And it's bigger than anything we can achieve on our own. How would you describe this true forgiveness? I think the best way to put it is how did I do it? Mm-hmm. How did I forgive? Yes. And I was just tired of all the, the bitterness and anger and hatred. Mm. And it was draining me every day. And I remember the exact words after about two years walking in that exercise yard of the prison. I said to myself, just let the Lord take care of them. Yeah. Mm. Just, uh, I, I, and I remember, I exactly said that word and yeah. those words. And I, and I said, life's a circle. What goes around comes around and they'll get what they deserve. But it's easy to say that. And it's yeah, and the initial decision. You're at the bottom of the circle. Yeah. yeah the, the initial decision was instant. But all those negative small thoughts kept coming back and I pushed them away and pushed them away until I'd wholeheartedly forgiven them. Mm. And you have to Because yeah. it will eat you up mm. Mm. So mm. once I push that away then I, I want to know What does wholehearted forgiveness feel like Because we all say I've forgiven somebody Right The rest of us who haven't Even experienced what you've been through okay. Someone just literally Just went in front of us on, on, a, on a busy road In the middle of traffic And you think about it Probably for years afterwards That yeah. that guy pulled a zap sign afterwards You know <laughs> And 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 we struggle with the smallest things because sometimes we need to be taken to the furthest place in our lives that we yeah. never thought we would survive yeah. to come back and realize that life is not about the small things. You must learn how yeah. to let those yeah. go. But um, I think the best way to tell you how is they'd taken 10 years of my life. Mm. All my companies went broke. Mm. And I was just giving them more and more with yes. my thoughts. Yeah. I can't get that back. Mm. It's gone. Mm. Mm. Why carry it? Yeah. In my head. Yeah. And, and I've learned that since I come out. Mm. I don't carry anything like that. I don't give them one more second of my thoughts. Mm. Wow. Because then they're taking more from me. Yes. And I've learned that. And I, I have no resentment whatsoever because it's worth right. nothing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't even let it into my head. If they say anything about anyone who was involved in that, uh. it doesn't bother me whatsoever. Mm. Okay. I don't wish them any, any harm. Yeah. Yeah. Or anything. The, yeah. and, and I have no resentment in any Basically, way. Basically, it's like their that. life it's is gone. none of your business. No. Yeah. Okay. It's gone. Mm. What I look at, I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. I have a beautiful family, a gorgeous girlfriend, mm-hmm. and a whole beautiful 
future in front of me in right. public speaking. I'm a yeah. motivational speaker oh, yes. now. All right. And it's going unbelievably well. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and why must I drag myself back yeah. with those negative thoughts? Yeah. They don't enter my head. And yeah. your life has become such a lesson and such a place of inspiration for so many people. You know, cause Absolutely. I'm sure people sit in the audience and they listen to that and they go home and they're like, flippin' how? I know. If Rasta could survive, <laughs> see? One cup of orange water a day, <laughs> sleeping I side by side, side Like you are, you are now free and forgiven <laughs> right. for what you've taken. You can, you know what? You're not taking any more of my thoughts. And you've taken enough from me. And gratitude. Yeah, right? gratitude yeah. is another gratitude. huge one. You know. All right. We Let's talk all about gratitude. Concentrate on what we haven't got mm. instead of being grateful for what we have. Mm. Mm. And for me, giving thanks every day goes a long way. For yeah. my health, the loving family. Mm. A beautiful home, running water, yeah. soft bed. Mm. You know, when, sure. when you're lying, when, when there's no food, no water, and people are dying all around you, you become grateful for the fact that you're still breathing. Yeah. And another day yeah. is a blessing. Yeah. When you lie in a cell with 78 other people, mm. and your breath is not even your own, mm. gratitude wow. suddenly has a I different like meaning. Your breath, breath is, is not, not even, even your, your own. own. And gratitude Jeez. has a different meaning altogether. How did you survive the, the starvation, though, Rusty? I mean... But after, in June 2006, yes. mm. the death rate was so high from malnutrition and disease mm. that prison headquarters started allowing relatives to deliver food to their loved ones daily. Okay. So my darling sisters, Bev and Lynn, fed me for three months, scraping money, selling mm. furniture. Mm. Mm. Until Lynn sold a clay pot business and gave up her career just to feed me for four what? more years. Four more that years. Takes a wow. It affected not just you, but I mean, obviously Everyone. it affected your whole family yeah. in, in yeah. every single way yeah. from every. their anguish, from their pain to even financially. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think, let me just, uh, the other, the other really bad, hard thing to deal with were the lice. Mm. Lice. Yeah. Lice. <gasps> that, of course. Yeah. They drove you it's crazy. Hygienic. They well, lice, they right? never went away. Yeah. They just put you day and night, year after training year. And you can't even scratch There's it because there's nothing they're like you can do about it. And they're everywhere. It's like lice in your clothes, in your blankets, in your hair, everywhere. And then it, you can't do anything. And yeah. we killed them endlessly. But yeah. they're always there. Yeah. But let me get back to, to some of the hardest thing to deal with, and that was my children. Mm. Mm. I went to prison when they were 16 and 18. And I'm extremely close to my kids. I always have been. And that was probably the hardest thing to deal with. You know, I must start on, on their first loves, crushes, dances, 21st birthdays, and entering the wide world. Mm, mm. And uh, I don't want anyone ever to have to feel that pain. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So just make enough time for your loved one. Mm. Because when you've, when you've lost all that, those mm. 10 years, I mean, where were you mm. 10 years ago? You were still stressing about yeah, yeah. And then think about Have you got kids? Yes I do I've got okay, a young think, daughter So you mm. just imagine 10 years ten away years from gone. your children Yeah And all that you've accomplished In those 10 years mm. Imagine that big chunk Taken She's out gone. of your life Yeah But all that being said I, You know I'm, I put that behind me That And and maybe Because you ask yourself A ton of questions When you're going there What did I ever do To deserve this? Yes Um I'm being put out to be protected mm. or to maybe make a difference in mm. the world you know, mm. when I get out. But I can't imagine you started there. I'm sure you started with, because we do a lot of self-punishment. I must have done yeah, something wrong somewhere in my life or even or, in that situation. Or even in the past life. Could I have like, maybe yes. just like left that alone, just, just taken my boat and gone elsewhere? Or maybe 
three years before that I remember I got yes. angry at that one person mm-hmm. I didn't pay that other okay. person on time Okay, I'll tell you what happens in your head When you go to prison mm. The first thing is Any negative thoughts are painful There's nothing else interfering with you Ah. So And there's a correlation between your brain and your stomach So if I said When I went to prison and I thought about my fiance With another guy yes. It hurt me in my tummy mm. yes. So I blocked that yes. out I never thought about that Of course. And I think about my mates in Vegas We used to go yeah. over here mm. That hurt, I mm. blocked that out So you self-counsel yourself exactly what to think So when you go there and you think What did I ever do wrong what did I, you know, That doesn't come into it At all yeah. Okay. You've got to deal with the, with the now. With the present. Right now. Yeah. How am I going to get through this? That, all that stuff doesn't matter. Wow. Because, and, and then I started saying life is full of balance. You know, if it was too hot, we'd all dry up. If it was too, mm. if it rained too much, we'd all drown. So, yeah. and I always believed that everything is full of balance. Mm. And if I had to go through that tough time, then there's got to be some good time out of it. You have to think that whether you believe yeah. it or not. Mm. Yeah. To get through yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how spiritual you are or how you, how strong your mind is, mm. you have to get through there. So deal with it. Sure. Mm. It's a survival mm. thing. Yeah. And those things helped me. I had a, I had a fantasy girlfriend and we used to, mm. you know, fly all over the world and catch marlin in Mexico and it felt mm. fantastic. Mm. So I lived mm. with her and I dreamt with her and, and it was, it was my way of dealing with all of that stuff. Your dreams yeah. kept you going. And your dreams yeah. Yeah. are like your faith kept you going, yeah. basically. Because you had to keep believing that yeah. this would one day happen. And you had to tomorrow. hold it in your mind 100%. every single day. Yeah. I, I, my faith definitely kept me going. Mm. And there were some instances in prison where the, the Lord helped me 100%. We don't have time for that story. But mm. I was eventually put for a, a cell phone incident mm. into the, the dark cell in Harare Central Prison, which is yeah. uh, on death row, mm. but it was a, uh, their cells are three meters by one meter, mm. and the light didn't work, yeah. and the vent, the only vent was covered by a staircase, so it was the dark cell, called the dark cell, yeah. and I wouldn't tell them how I spoke on the phone, because yeah. my girlfriend wrote in mm. at that time, saying it was so nice talking to you on the phone the other night, you yeah. sound so positive, and mm. I, I said that I used the God's phone, and they said, who's the God, and I said, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they put me in there to try and crush mm, me and mm, make me tell mm. them. And on day six, now they put me in there for 23 hours and 45 minutes a day, naked, with yeah. three blankets, a five-liter container cut off with a toilet, and one liter of water. I was allowed out five minutes in the morning to clean my teeth, five minutes at 10 o'clock to have a shower, five minutes at 3 o'clock before lock-up to prepare for lock-up. So 23 hours and 45 minutes a day, I was locked in the dark cell. For six days. And on day six, I got on my knees and I prayed. Yeah. And I never forget that warm feeling, like warm water poured yeah. over me and total calmness. Hmm. Yeah. And I sat down, I'm thinking, and now? And 30 minutes later, they unlocked my door, checked me my clothes and said, the officer in charge wants to see you. So I went out through that blinding sun, hadn't been out for these six days. I went up to his office and his exact words were, he said, hello, Russell. I said, hello, officer. He said, have you remembered the God's name yet? I said, no. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to le- leave it in God's hands. Hmm. You can go back to your cell. And at the time I was praying, my sister was paying him 
to get me out of there. Wow. So there is a God. Sure. He looks yeah, after me. Yeah, and yeah. to to be where I am now, mm. you know, when you go in there mm. and you're flying high, bulletproof, mm. I mean, I, I, was, mm. I was going places. Mm. They crush you. They, yes. they break you, your spirit, yes. your confidence, yes. everything. And when you come out, it's really hard to pick that up. Mm. And mm. And since I've been released four years and a couple of weeks now, to where I am now, yes, it's a huge thing for me. Yeah, mm. and and making a difference. I'm trying to catch up. Mm. I'm worried about time, but yeah, I've got the changes. Much a minute left, and the changes mm. that I've seen. So, uh, I appreciate the small things in life now, like mm. a soft bed, a hot bath, the sip of a good wine, yeah. a spontaneous cuddle from a loved one. You never touch anyone in prison. I'm an, I, yeah. I'm an affectionate guy, yeah. mm. so I miss those things so mm. much. And uh, oh, what else can I tell you? Just uh, uh, we all there are things that re, that rejuvenate us, and for me, yeah. I'm, I'll always be a farm boy from Zimbabwe. Mm. Nature's right. in my blood. Yeah. Mm. You know, touching a tree, smelling mm. the earth, this feeling mm. of soil mm. in my hands. Mm. These things mm. bring me restoration. Mm. And for you, it might be hanging out with friends, dancing, yeah. or reading yeah. a good book, or yeah. swimming in the ocean. Mm. Whatever is good for you, for anyone, mm. do more of it. Sure. We waste too much time doing nothing. Yeah. It's, it's I really so wish funny. We had it sounds more time. so basic, that mm. advice, right? But then when it comes from Rusty, after his story, you're like, I need to go have more fun I'm, with my I'm life. Do that. I'm, I'm going to I quit. sit in no, the garden a lot more often and I'm going to see my daughter a lot more often. But Rusty, to, like, wow. the story has definitely touched and me and I know grateful. that touches. Be grateful yeah. for everything. Yes. You know, we we're not grateful. Thank enough. you for being here. By the Rusty, way, and coming yeah. to share your story. Shabbat. Thank I'm you so, so much. Thank you, Justin, was, for bringing Rusty into this. This yeah, was amazing. This was an amazing story. Where sure. can people get hold of you? Where can they get more Unique Speaker of some Bureau. Rusty? Unique Speaker Bureau. Unique Speaker Bureau? Yeah. Is there, is there like, do you, do you, do you give out, like, you know, I know social I, media. Social media, I see that you're on, on Twitter, it's social called. media, right? Yeah. It's at living, living in chains. Living in, at living in chains. Dot com, yeah. So every day you're putting something out. Are you bringing yeah. out the book? When's the book coming out? Uh, probably. In about six months, eh? Okay. All right. They have awesome. two movie offers already. Yeah. Rusty. So, yeah. Mel Gibson could play you, man. You're a dead right. ringer for Mel Gibson. I was just watching it. He's got a bit of a temperament, but yeah. I think. Mel Gibson. You know? no, Mel Gibson's a great actor. So, I mean, is, is it a Hollywood thing? Uh, you know. I want to go big. Please go, go big, big. Yeah, yeah. This is a story that needs I to go am. big. I'm ready. And oh, I have man. the support of my darling girlfriend. And she's That's gorgeous awesome. too. She yeah, could yeah, be in the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> and on Facebook. Rusty looks like Mel yes, Gibson and Facebook. his girlfriend looks uh, like um, Charlize Theron. <laughs> <laughs> he spoke what over you. That, <laughs> I, no, I just had to say that. Like, you look like Mel Gibson and she looks like Charlize Theron. It's I a know, movie it's star like a couple. Mo- <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Sorry, say that again, please, Rusty. So, on Let Facebook. Me, so on Facebook, it's Rusty Labuskakni. Okay. And and also on my Facebook is the Living in Chains. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, that so. is woo, that but was unique a good speaker show. bureau on my people and uh, unique speaker bureau. Yes, that is fantastic. Doing things for me, people, guys. Um, that if was you are an not inspired, show. I don't know who I'm you totally are. I'm inspired. Thank you so much. We're <laughs> going to be out of here. Catch us again next week, same place, same time, only on Cliff Central. This was the weekly mashup. Bye. Thank you. She draws a bee, an arrow. And a pair of pants. He answers, uh, Oh, Tahiti! Tahiti, it was Tahiti. Pictionary, know your partner. She draws an oval, he says, Oh, oh, rugby, uh, Springboks, R- rugby ball cap 1995, Franz Rapino, uh, uh, Nelson, yes, yes, Nelson Mandela. Pictionary, know your partner. Cliffcentral.com